0: hello and welcome to the to this week's episode of cinematic adventures i was gonna say the final episode of the year but i think this is gonna be the first one of 2020 so happy 2020
1: yeah very happy
0: (laughs) <laughs> uh so uh this week instead of doing uh our top 10 best of 2019 or our top 10 worst of 2019 we're gonna do both because it saves the time because i mean we talk for like four hours and then you edit it down to two so why not <laughs> uh-huh, i could split it if we get to four hours that'd be fucking funny let's start with the best list first because Wait, let's start with what we were just
1: talking about a second ago and the glaring hole in your list of movies from this year. There's one movie that you were, like, dying to see that
0: for some reason you saw cats instead of. Oh look, here's the thing. We'll get into cats because, trust me, we'll get into fucking cats. If you follow the podcast Twitter look, account we're on... Not uh, gonna fuck you. Okay, YouTube. we're not going to fuck you. If If you follow the, the Twitter... Podcast account, um, you'll see my mental breakdown after I In saw cats. Years. So it's going to be fun. But yeah, I didn't see JoJo Rabbit because I saw cats and then instead of seeing JoJo Rabbit the next day like I was planning, I got called into work and I had to work from like four o'clock until twelve thirty. So the next day uh, I was too tired to do anything, so I didn't see Jojo Rabbit, the best movie of the year. I love how you say it's the best movie of the year, despite not having seen it. I have so much confidence in that movie. If if it's not on my top ten list by the end of this, um, I don't know what the point of this list is. Okay, then. All right, so
1: <coughs> I go, because the most contentious, of course, for you, I, I actually... I think probably yeah. I think for both of us, it's probably the worst of the list. Honestly, to me personally, despite a couple of really good movies, this was not a good year for movies. At least for me, for the ones that I've
0: seen. Um, um, I heard good things about Parasite, Judge a Rabbit, and. Uh, a lot of others. I saw a uh, non-mainstream movie. Uh, I know a few good mainstream ones movies, but I didn't
1: see all of them because a lot of them just looked like shit. And since most of the ones that I didn't
0: see are on everyone else's top ten worst, I made good decisions. Uh, you should check out um, critically claims top ten best. They they don't fuck around. They see everything. And so while everyone's doing the mainstream stuff, they go deep cut.
1: Yeah, I have a job. Um, I can't really do that. Can't see every single movie. Because I would literally be just go like go to work, go to the movies, go to the work, go to the movies. But then at that point, it's not like to me, movies are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be entertaining. And if you're doing it as
0: a task
1: or as a chore, it's
0: not fun. Or entertaining. Yeah, if you want me to see uh like 100 movies in cinemas are uh, paid me.
1: exactly that's exactly. if I, if we were doing this full time i would see all of the movies i mean we already know i have the movie passes but yeah
0: i have to pay full price I for have a ticket like, of- and stuff <laughs> so, oh well, that's terrible
1: for you you should like i don't know not live in australia or something
0: yeah yeah uh, get uh free movies and nope. health don't go there don't do it don't do it don't say you do it do this every week yeah, and you come back with that every week and it's just not right. <laughs> so here's the thing. I saw some movies in cinemas. I saw the exactly. important movies, the ones that I was excited for in cinemas. Some of those Except made my fucking worthless. Except for Jojo Rabbit. God damn it, I'm literally going to see it. <laughs> I can't even see it today because I'm working tonight. I can't see Jojo Rabbit until like in a couple of days. I'm so angry. It's okay. As soon as I see it, I'll come back and I'll... Uh, get rid of my number 10 and then figure out where i'm going to put it but how do you know that it's going
1: to be in your top 10 because you haven't be sad okay all right so i say we do the top 10 first and then the uh worst 10 last because we just like i feel like we really want to bitch about the
0: movies that we didn't like more than we want to praise the movies that we did look uh my top 10 worst list nine of them are the same movie You can't do that, because I can't do that with another certain movie. That's fair enough. But it's just... Okay, fine. Uh, Top 10 best list of 2019 best movies that we saw, mainly on Netflix for me. Why are you clap-talking? I don't know. Do you want to go first? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, my 10th best movie of 2019 is Pokemon Number Detective five. Pikachu. Okie okay, dokie. Okay. I love Pokemon a lot. And most Pokemon movies are terrible. Um, because they're basically either extended episodes or miss the point. And Detective Pikachu is hilarious and funny. It has tons of references. And all the designs of the Pokemon are adorable. Okay. <laughs> the only thing that uh, is weak about this movie... uh. Is the plot and the fact that I wonder who the bad guy is. Maybe it's the evil guy. Okay, you
1: should see my face right now because you're sitting here like, oh, this is awesome. Blah 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 blah. And then you get
0: to the only bad thing is the plot. What's the freaking point, Daniel? See, you can't talk to the a- characters, the characters and the design and the world and uh, the jokes. There's tons um, of stuff other than the mm-hmm. plot. No, 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 no. The whole point of a movie is to tell a story. If it doesn't tell a story, what's the point of the movie? It tells a silly story and a simple story, and it's interest. And there are other points to a movie, and the fact that you uh, only care about the plot is sad because, this, because movies like this, even though the plot's weak, are fantastic because of the characters and the, the uh, jokes. Ryan Reynolds plays Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds tells Deadpool jokes. As Pikachu. And Reynolds plays Deadpool in every movie he's done since Deadpool. Let's yeah. stop lying. To okay?
1: He is basically just, once he played Deadpool, he's been Deadpool in every movie since.
0: Yeah, but I like Deadpool. Especially I've Deadpool a little, as a little le- electric mess. He was essentially Deadpool in all of them. <laughs> uh, he was yeah.
1: pretty much yeah. Deadpool the billionaire in Six Underground. He does, he's not getting off the Deadpool train anytime soon. It's making a him lot a lot of, of money. Are loving it. He's sticking to it.
0: I and I I would too. Uh People love Deadpool and people love Ryan Reynolds and I love Deadpool as an electric mouse. An electric. Mouse. Oh God, I love Pikachu. This the world building is so cute. The all the animals are amazing. This this world feels lived in and real. Mm-hmm. And I want to <laughs> see more Pokemon I movies almost, like this. I almost saw this movie on accident. I went to see
1: something else, but I went into the wrong theater. And sat through the credits, or sat through the the trailers, and the movie started, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And then I realized it was Pikachu, and I was like, "Oh, I'm in the wrong theater," and I left.
0: That's a shame. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a good movie as long as you're like, okay, I get it. The detective plot is for five year olds, but the rest of it is fantastic. Okay. I love Pikachu. He's so cute. He's got a little hat. Mm-hmm. Next. Uh, do you want to do your picture? like the damn grumpy adult yeah uh, do you want to do your number 10 no Oh, why not come on because we're going oh. your life. uh all right uh my number nine is weathering with you it's from the same director uh, that did your name and this guy has a thing for skies because he's like oh your name best animated sky literally ever i can top that by doing a, a movie based entirely around weather. You're welcome, four people. Is this an animated movie? Uh-huh. It's an anime. That's where you an... wanted me to go next, isn't it? No, not really. Uh, so, uh, and this movie I saw in cinemas like eight months before it came out in the U.S. because suck it. Uh, Did it come out in the U.S.? Because I've never heard of this until right now. That's because it's an anime. So animes always get limited releases. That's also true. And I don't give a shit about anime. So all of these are reasons. Yeah. Why would you specifically think of, uh, watch, uh, know about an anime that came out in like six theaters?
1: I have heard of things like <laughs> Howl, Howling's Moving, whatever, the Moving Castle one. Um, I've heard about a lot of them. I just don't ever go to them. I'm not an anime fan I'm not against uh, anime per se I don't have anything against it, it sounds I just don't like you do I don't You The difference is You just it, it would be like me Trying to force you to watch Like if you had no interest in Marvel Me being like No you have to watch Marvel Like you're just so
0: passionate about it That, that is a my great point I just is- I love anime A lot I even like the goofy shit in anime That's because uh, but- You're the king of goofy shit I, I love goofy shit. I know. Um, so, yeah, this movie is fantastic and I love it. The characters are, um, are very sweet. Uh, and the plot revolves around um, the sacrifice of this character. And here's the weak part of it. This is why it's my number nine and not higher. The, the, the weak point of it is the fact that they need rain no, they need sun, and, there's, uh, and this girl has the power to stop the rain, and, but it's killing her. And I'm like, just let it rain, for fuck's sake. But they're stupid teenagers, so they think that every problem is like s- extremely important, right? And so she's just sacrificing herself for, uh, to stop rain from happening. And I'm like, don't do that. If they're, but they're like 15 or something like 14 or 15. So they're idiots and that's what holds it back, but it's very pretty. And I, your name is better because, because your name is just, it's very sweet. Uh It's about these two characters connecting through, uh even though they're in different space, it's fantastic. But weathering with you is still pretty good, but it's just not, you know, great because of that sacrifice. It, it, The fact that she's like, I want it to be sunny, so I'm literally going to die. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Don't do that. Okay, then. Feeling better? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh It's good, aside from the characters being stupid. Mm -hmm. And yet, you're the character person. I know. Which is why it's my number nine, because it's really good, aside from the fact that her decision is stupid. But, like, she's like 14, so it doesn't... She's getting younger every time you mention her age. I don't know her age. She <laughs> pretends that she's like she she pretends that she's 18 throughout the entire movie and then it turns out that she's like 14 or something. Mhm. So I don't and know her real age, but she is young enough to be an idiot and for it not to ruin the movie. But enough for it to make <laughs> only on your number only number 9 on your list. Yeah. But now finally now. At number 8. We're getting to good movies. Great movies. These movies. I, yeah, I thought we were getting cool. cool. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the, my number eight is How to Train Your Dragon 3 The Hidden World. Oh, uh, goddammit, another one. There's going to be so much animation. Do you realize uh, how much I love animation? So much. I mean, I am now. <laughs> I'm realizing it now. How to Train Your Dragon 3 The Hidden World is incredible. It's DreamWorks' best series with How to Train Your Dragon starting with the father son relationship and the fact that he wants to please his father but he's but he can't kill dragons. Uh and his name is Hiccup because they're really because Vikings are really on the nose uh in the naming. And so we've seen throughout this entire trilogy Hiccup growing up and becoming the leader of, of um the their Viking tribe and uh they and them using dragons in order to um in order to win wars and stuff and it's fantastic it's got some of the best animation uh for flying i've ever seen especially in 3d it's incredible and it doesn't and what disney's doing with animation now is they're like we're making it look live action and i'm like i don't want it to be live action i can watch live action movies for that i don't want to see lion king in live action animated animated live action style fuck off no uh dreamworks has has that cartoony style that i like but most of their movies are shit and okay. this and this movie how to turn dragon 3 is great because it's, it's the natural conclusion of Hiccup, elf hiccups arc it's brilliantly animated he's he's weaponized some uh dragons in great ways he's designed this flying suit based on um based on his drag based on toothless's wings so that he's basically studied how Toothless flies and he's created a flying suit and he's created a flaming sword. So he's turned himself into a dragon. It's great, it's perfect. And he's got the, um, his arc is, he starts off being uh, a letdown, and then he becomes a leader. And now that he's the leader, he has to figure out how to um, protect all the dragons that he's rescued. Uh, and the people that he's in charge of. And it's a great great conclusion to uh, his arc, the series, this trilogy. It's brilliant. I love it so much. I can't wait
1: to hear the porn titles that have to come from this, which, I mean, if this is three, I'm sure there already are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why
0: you want that to happen.
1: Well, because you're talking about anime, and when you talk about anime, my brain goes the other way. Okay, it's just how it's like. I get into this vortex of from goody goody kitty. I have to go to like bad. That's just how my brain works. God, I love it. Like I um, have to walk the goodness with something rated R.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> damn it! You made me say that on a podcast. <laughs> People will I- have heard me say this. <laughs> I barely said anything. You're the one that wanted to say that. You were waiting. <laughs> I, I was not. It obviously just came out.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, go to the next
0: tune in your series. Uh, I, I'm too busy thinking of porn titles now. Oh, here we go. <laughs> How to ride your dragon? Uh, number seven. Hey guys, do you like Bohemian Rhapsody? Would you like to see Bohemian Rhapsody, but good with great editing and good characters and a compelling story? Are you? Did you like the, good, the music of Meeming City, but thought, hey, I'd rather this be about something interesting? Congratulations, you have Rocket Man. Okay. Rocket Man that is was... great. Have you seen it? I
1: have. What did you think of it? It's the first movie on your list that I actually have seen. We had to get four in. Oh. Almost three cool. of
0: them. There's that. Oh. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Excellent. Rocket Man is amazing. It uses Elton John's music uh and blends it with the with the um with the world and the setup and he basically wrote all of these songs at different stages about different stages of his life. So they made the right choice of putting the songs where the stage of the life was. So he's got he a song write- about
1: Bernie Toppin writes the songs. But yeah, he they were about
0: the stages of his life, though, <laughs> uh, and it it starts with uh, with him as a kid, and he's a musical prodigy, and his dad does not give any kind of shit, and every it, not giving any kinds of shits even though he's a, a millionaire at the end. Every single decision that was made in Rocket Man, I wish by me Rhapsody did something that interesting or clever. Well, you know the this. big difference,
1: right? Yeah, I, I do. The- it's ego. Well, yeah, but it's it's ego, but it's also who their source material was. And that with Bohemian Rhapsody, they were trying to tell the story. It was supposed to be about the band Queen, but it ended up being, it kind of suffered an identity crisis in that it's, it was supposed to tell, it was supposed to be about Queen and how they got their music, but it ended up being more a look at freddie mercury but you did it without actually having freddie mercury's input so it was basically how the band queen wants to be remembered and how they want you to see freddie mercury whereas rocket man is more about how elton john views
0: himself and he does not hold back he has absolutely no um ego anymore he's no, he, been has through, shame. Yeah, <laughs> he has shame yes he has shame and he feels it and you feel it uh, it's great he even has the um bits in the movie where uh, he's going bald it's brilliant um another movie that i think of when i think of my god you guys suck at this is uh saving mr banks where the entire point of that movie is Disney is great. Oh, my God. Look at how great Walt Disney was. He had to deal with this, uh, with this idiot uh, that's preventing us from ma- making a movie you like. And I'm like, you fucking assholes.
1: <laughs> I so, actually didn't see the movie because I knew that it whitewashed the history of Walt Disney. Walt Disney yeah, was not a good movie. And good. I knew that they were going to paint him in, in a picture of being a yeah. good person.
0: They even saw so. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks can't play a bad guy. Have you seen The Circle? He can't play a bad guy. He's Tom Hanks.
1: Yes, I've seen The Circle.
0: <laughs> uh, so, Rocketman is perfect. And I think it's even better I mean, knowing how wrong it could have gone. Is it perfect? It's perfect. I can't it's think of anything good. wrong with it. It's not, Of course not.
1: <sighs> Look, the gay man wearing glasses is saying that the movie about the gay man that wears glasses is perfect. Gee, I wonder how you came about that decision.
0: Here's the thing. <laughs> the is also about a gay person, and that maybe sucks.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't told, again, it wasn't told through his point of view. Yeah, so it was
0: and they, hide, the man, they try and hide the fact that he's gay until, like, the very end.
1: I don't think that, because I, I watched it, and it, it was, he was, he was gay throughout the movie, but in real life, he actually did almost get married, just like um,
0: uh, Elton John got married. <laughs> it's. Also, I, I love. Uh, by the way, I love the scene also, where um, I, I love the the framing device of him being in rehab because you can get away with the with the uh, uh over the over the top elements of that because it's it's him recounting it and he's imagining yeah, but let's face
1: it, it. it without him being in rehab like if i feel like if elton john were to sit down and tell us a story he did that's just how he would tell it that's how he's a very eccentric man okay uh-huh. it would be like you trying to tell the story like that's It'd just be like how it me goes. if i had talent well i mean i wasn't going to be mean about
0: it but you said it i didn't it's, it's- uh, this is exactly how I would tell a story. And I love the fact that he has, I'm still standing at the end, which is my favorite. Especially John the anime
1: and everything, like the anime elements, like the crazy weird shit that happens. That's you. That's you. It, it is you. If you had, a, if you were a millionaire and you were to tell your own story, you would tell it exactly like this.
0: Yeah. If I, if I felt that my life was interesting enough, this is how I present it. Which is amazing to me that this movie is number seven and not number... Three or one. Uh, yeah. Because like I don't care about stories. Uh that really um that I don't know. I love this movie. The fact that it's number seven proves how good number six, five, four, and three, two and one are. Okay, let's get into it.
1: I'll be the judge of that.
0: Alright. My number six is Klaus. It's Christmas of course. movie. It's animated the fact that it's animated in two D and has three uh. D lighting, shut up. This entire movie is brilliantly animated and it's done by the guy by uh people that worked on old disney movies and it it's made with the artistry that i love in animation and the fact can that you like, hear my eye roll that's what i want to know can you hear my eye roll so his is uh, okay well, fine what about the plot then the plot is uh <laughs> taking this extremely cynical uh Origin of Santa Claus and Christmas, but mainly Santa Claus. So it takes this cynical origin of Santa Claus with this postman that wants to con people, and he's like, "We got to write letters to Santa Claus, but no one knows how to write." So he goes to the school, and the teacher is like, "No one sends their kids to school, so I've got to sell shitty fish. I hate my job and my life, and I just want to get out of here." So he starts to school or convinces the teacher to start a school and all the students to go to school and learn in order to write letters to Santa Claus so that he can send letters. And it's got a, it's got a very cynical origin, but it, it just comes together and it's so sweet by the end. And you got this guy who's a giant fucking lumberjack that makes toys and he, and he becomes Santa Claus due to um, a bunch of weird circumstances. And, the, and there's a scene uh, where and these kids just make up magical stuff about him uh, and it's like I saw him flying because there was, was a thing where he went up his hill and he flew past the window and he was just falling and it's fucked <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny and they they have reindeer because the uh the animals that they use couldn't pull stuff in the snow and he's like we can't pull snow with this heavy load and he's like no we need to deliver presents so that I can make money or something and then they get reindeer, and you slowly see everything build. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, I love it yeah. so much. I Had the
1: inclination, I could finish it, but I didn't get past the first act. Well, yeah, because I, I got as far as him conning the kid into sending the mail, and the kid's dad came home, and then I was like, "Yeah, I don't care," and I stopped paying attention because it was just it. Honestly, I wasn't that fully vested in it because I was like doing something else while it was on. And I was like half listening to it. And I just, I didn't care. And I didn't, it wasn't enough
0: to make me want to be interested. The first, I, the first act is like all build up and I can see not getting into it, especially if you don't like kids movies, but, yeah. but the second and third act are just so good. And the first act is pretty fun, aside from the fact that he's a complete asshole, but that's the start of his arc. And I love it. That's the,
1: the fact that he's an asshole isn't what turned me off. It's the movie itself. It, wasn't, it didn't hold my interest. I, just, I didn't care. Here's the thing. It's on Netflix. So it's not like I paid to see it. I just chose something else.
0: That is a shame. It's uh, a truth. Uh, so yeah, that's my number six. I think we should do uh, your 10 through 6. Because my 5 through 1 are the best movies of the year. And I want to hear your 10 through 6 first. Well, but the whole 10 is supposed
1: to be your best movies of the year. That's the yeah, whole... Yeah, but, like,
0: the list. It's now we've the done my, it's now that we've done my uh, bottom five, what's your 10 through six?
1: This is just weird. Why are we going back and forth?
0: Um, Because I want right. to focus on the our um, number ones <clears throat> at the same time. All right. Um, I
1: didn't have any particular order. I just came up with 10 movies which I did about mm, 10 minutes before we started because I couldn't think of movies that I, I went through, all the movies that I saw this year. And I was like, yeah, those just don't, but they don't fit on a best ten, on like a favorite 10 list. They, none of them did. And then I was like, all right, I have to pull some. <laughs> I personally went with the ones that were the most memorable or the ones that I remember coming out of thinking, that was good. that was fun. I'd see that again. And I, like, first of all, I have to admit I did not see a lot of movies this year. There are a lot I still haven't seen. I still haven't seen Uncut Gems. Um, I haven't seen Parasite. There just there are tons that I did not see. So if those, I really want to
0: see Uncut Gems.
1: Yeah. So the movies that are not on my list for favorites, it could just be that I haven't seen them. Like I said, I haven't seen I haven't seen The Irishman. Um, so there are a lot of movies that I missed. So just saying that. Um, but what's On my list, I will say, um, okay, Rocket Man is on my list. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll call that. I'll call that number ten. Again, I don't really have like a listing. I don't have a, you know, ten through whatever. But I'm just kind of basically I'm looking at the list and I'm ringing it as I go. Um,
0: What? That's fair enough.
1: Um, I will say Anna. I don't. I don't know Anna.
0: Um, you don't know Anna? You
1: never met her? Ah, no. Is she nice? <laughs> Not really. Um, oh, Anna wow. is basically it's as if you took um oh, what was the name of that Black Widow like movie with uh with what's her name? Um I can't remember anything right now. I go to talk and like all of the words escape me. Um the one with Jennifer Lawrence from last year where she was Base or like a couple of years ago, where it was pretty much Black Widow. It was, but it was like Red Red Sparrow. That's what it was. So if you take Red Sparrow and um, the what's one with Charlie oh. Theron, huh? Uh, and it's on Amazon, so I'll watch it after we're done. Okay. Um, if you take Red Sparrow and mix it in with the one with Charlie Theron <laughs> and bless you, and um, what's his name? Um, you've oh, what's the hell? It, it, right as soon as I go to talk, like all of the names just go out of my brain. um Damn it! What's the one? She did a movie with um with Professor X. Do you know the movie I'm talking about? You have no idea what, what? I'm talking about. What? I said. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? And then I'm like, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, Definitely it's a movie. Not. Yeah. Damn it. Um. Ah. Okay. Hang I on. I have notes if you like. No, I know because I have a point here. <laughs> Okay, I'm getting to this. I just have to think of the name of the damn movie. Um, uh, well, Atomic Blonde. That's what it was. So if you take Red Sparrow hmm If you take Red Sparrow and Atomic Blonde and put it together, and throw in like a little Jason Bourne, maybe a touch of um, a touch of James Bond, and you put it in a, a dryer and you let it mix, and then you take it out. You get Anna. That is an Uh, amazing synopsis. Right? Took me a while because I couldn't remember the other movies. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. So, Anna is this chick. um, She's from Russia. And so, that's why, like, honestly, if you take Red Sparrow and and, uh, Atomic Blonde and put them together, basically it's Anna. Um, And (laughs) it had... um, so the main actress, she's not anybody that I remember from anything. Um, uh, Sasha Luss. Yeah, she's no like she's she's not a name, if you will. Um, but the movie has Luke Evans and Killian Murphy, and they are they're like they're big names, but they're also really good in this movie. And it's like it's the it's the typical like. Spies, backstabbing spies, backstabbing spies kind of movie. Um, But it's done... I thought it was done really well, and I liked it. And again, it's on my list because I walked out of it like, that was pretty good. I like that. I like the ending. I like the story. The characters were done well. It was well acted. I liked it. Um, Is it the best movie of the year? Nope. Would it have been on my top 10 movies of last year? Nope. But... This year like I didn't see a lot of, again I didn't see like all of the movies but of the ones I saw not a lot of them stood out so my list is eh, it was a movie <laughs> so that was my 9 um let me go back to my list for 8 8 I'm going to say is isn't it romantic
0: oh wow what I like that. I like the idea of that movie. I haven't seen it yet, but it's been on my list for ages, and it looks really cute. You haven't seen it. That's... Is it the one I'm thinking of? I hope it is.
1: It probably is. With um...
0: That is not the one I'm thinking of.
1: Oh, what were you thinking of?
0: Uh, I was thinking of another one, but I didn't see it because I hate um, Rebel Wilson a lot. You, you know, for
1: an Australian, you hate a lot of Australian things. Like, you hate Outback Steakhouse,
0: you hate Rebel Wilson. Arbex so Steakhouse ones. is not an Australian thing. Arbex yes. Steakhouse, it would be like if we had um, uh, a restaurant called America the America, Americanness, America, Burger, Burger America. Um, America the America, Americanness. <laughs> I yeah. Actually want you to in that restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be like if we had a, movie, a restaurant called U.S. Burgers from the U.S. and uh, they're just you know burgers. But shitty. (laughs) But how do you know Outback Steakhouse is shitty? You've never eaten there. That's because it's not in Australia, because they knew that if they opened it in Australia, uh, it would suck. Yeah, I actually thought that it it. was.
1: I actually thought that it was from Australia until you were like, what the hell is Outback Steakhouse? And I'm like, what? (laughs) I I thought it was was Australia and came here because it's always been promoted here as and like as an Australian steakhouse and I was like I thought it was your thing no it's just themed Australian I guess well we do that in the U.S. it's called cultural appropriation we're really good at uh so isn't it
0: it romantic
1: yeah it has uh Rebel Wilson Luke Hemsworth Adam Devine um it's cheesy and stupid but it's funny, and to me, uh. I am very much so. I yes, I am the story person, but I'm also very much about stick the landing. That's my thing. Okay, if you're gonna be a horror movie, be scary. If you're gonna be a comedy, be funny. If you're gonna be a drama movie, have a story. Okay, <laughs> there, you have to me stick the landing. Like whatever your genre is, nail it. And to me, isn't it romantic? Is one of those movies they nailed it. It's a comedy. It's a goofball comedy, and that's exactly like that's what it says it is. That's what it is. It's not. It's one of those movies where like the funniest lines are not represented in the trailer. I hate that. I hate it when you watch a comedy like there. The movie um, Good Boys. Everybody thought that movie was going to be hilarious because it had such awesome moments in the trailer, and then you watch the movie, and those were the funniest moments in the movie.
0: If you I hate that. if your movie isn't funny enough so that you have, like, say, 10 minutes worth of footage in all of your material, and there's only, and um, you have a two-hour movie, and only 10 minutes is funny, then you failed. Well, so with Good Boys, it, I
1: wouldn't say that it's only 10 minutes, but the, the funniest parts are in the trailers. So you're going, when you see, to me, a trailer is like, here's a taste of what you're going to get. And when that taste was what you're going to get, like it was the best of what you get, that's that's dumb. And isn't it romantic? Like the trailer is funny, but the movie is actually funnier. At least it was to me. So, um, and I love that because I love how she just points out everything that's absurd about romantic movies. That's what's so funny to me is that it's a meta romantic movie. It is a romantic movie, but it's meta about it. Like every step of the way, she's like looking at the camera, like what the fuck? So it's like it's a movie of fourth wall breaks, but it landed with me. So and it didn't with a lot of people. With other people are like, oh, it's just stupid because people like you said, like they don't like Rebel Wilson. But I, I, don't I hate like Rebel Wilson.
0: Wilson. All of her, all of her jokes, at least the ones that I just know her for, is I'm fat and then I fell over. That's it. No, also, she they, has that. She has a voice that irritates me. Oh well, in this movie, she actually has jokes. Like
1: um, one of the things that at least wasn't in the trailer that I, any of the trailers that I saw um <laughs> luke hemsworth is like he's ridiculously like in love with her for no reason and she keeps pointing it out she's like i don't you don't even know me like i don't know you what stop Just no. and then uh what it's liam hemsworth did i say oh i did yeah i think luke is the older brother isn't it i don't know i got my hemsworth brothers mixed up sorry it's liam the youngest hemsworth um baby thor um, <laughs> ooh, I'm calling him that from now on. Okay, so Baby Thor is in love with her for some And she's like, Why? Like you there's no reason for you to be in love with me. And then she's like, What the hell is going on? This is like a nightmare. I need to wake up. Because <laughs> she finds herself in a romantic movie situation. And he like oh, pulls hilarious. up It is. And he pulls up in a limo and he's like, Call me. And he throws rose petals. She's like, I don't and he goes, Look at the rose petals. And she's like, they're fucking rose petals. Like, I, just, you just threw rose petals at me. How the hell am I supposed to get your number? And then he says, look at the rose petals. She looks down and she's like, holy shit, there's a number in
0: the rose petals. That's, <laughs> that's very funny. So it is, self-aware that's about being, uh, it's self-aware about being a cheesy romantic comedy. It is. And that's what's I so funny. I didn't get that at all. It just, the, all the trailers were just like, here's Robert Wilson in a cheesy romantic comedy. It, it, it is but it's it's actually funny that's why i liked it because it to me it stuck the landing
1: because to me it was like if i woke up in a romantic movie like i would be rebel wilson like i because i would be like her like what the fuck why is everybody being so nice knock it off because she lives in new york city and then she you know has this accident and she wakes up and she's like why does everything smell like lavender where are the homeless people how come i don't smell pissed? like and she's oh like, that's boy, hilarious Throughout the is movie, it, and she's like, it, no, no, it this is like, not the real world. <laughs> and then, like, like at one um, she it, goes to open like her closet. Parkour. Right. Um, and at one point, she goes to open up her closet, and it is like never ending. And she's like, what the fuck? And she's like, where's my shitty little closet with like no clothes? And she had a dog. So she, in the beginning, she has a dog, and the dog pretty much hates her. Like, nobody likes her, including her dog. And she's just like trying to get the dog to like her, and the dog's like, you know, fuck you. And then after she, you know, um why when she wakes up and she's in this dream the dog like loves her and she's like what the fuck like you hate me like what the hell and then she has a um a drug dealer neighbor that's gay and i don't even uh-huh. think that she knew he was gay and she didn't know that he was selling drugs until so in real life she knocks on his door and um or she knew he was gay but she didn't know he was selling drugs and she knocked on his door and she was like no it was the other way around he's selling drugs and she thought that it was he, he had all these women coming in and out of his apartment and she thought that he was straight and just a player. Cause he had women like come, you know, night and day. And he was like, no, I'm a, I'm gay. I'm a drug dealer. And she was like, Oh, and he was like, what? Oh, so just because I'm gay, I can't be a drug dealer. She's like, no, no, you were gay. or a drug dealer? <laughs> and, then, and then he like, slams the door on her. And then when this she wakes up in really the, dream, well. when she wakes up in the dream, he's basically you. He's like this, this he's like you know the like the gay best friend in a romantic comedy and she's like you don't even like me and it was so it's like the whole thing is so in your face about romantic comedies and she would like point out how stupid they are as she's living it and she was, was like this, no like none of this is worse. <laughs> That's
0: and so it's very fourth wall and I well. like, um huh I you saw saw you, well, that's, that's you it very is. well oh, thanks you saw you better than the trailer did Um, <laughs> There's another, there's, there's another actress that I don't like, uh, Melissa McCarthy. I don't like her, and she was in a movie called Can You Ever Forgive Me in 2018. That's fucking yeah. incredible. See, and, and that's like, the thing. Do serious both
1: roles. Of these, both of these women are actually good actresses when they're put in roles outside of their standard. Yeah. They do have that standard, like... But see, here's the thing, though. Everybody looks at them like, ugh, they're just going to be... Like, their comedy is, oh, I'm fat, I've fallen but that's because that those are the only roles they could get when they can get better roles they show that they have chops do you,
0: okay can you forgive me it came out in 2018 and it might be my favorite movie of 2019 it's so fucking good and the the fact that Melissa McCarthy can do this but did movies like um uh happy time murders instead makes me sad for her well again it's not necessarily it's not an instead
1: again it's Hollywood is very stigmatized. It's very, like, they put you in the movies they want you to be in. So until you get a certain amount of clout or power, you can't really choose your movies. It's not like, you know, it's not like she's Charlize Theron who can go, I want to be in this movie, and then she's in that movie. You know, she's like Jennifer Lawrence, who's like, this is the movie I'm going to do next. For them, it's like what, what roles are offered to them. And if they want something else, oftentimes they have to fight for it. And sometimes... You have to do a Happy Time Murders in order for the studio to let you do a Can You Ever Forgive Me?
0: One for me, one for them sort of deal. Exactly. That's, that's why Christopher Nolan did the Dark Knight trilogy. And to me, it's the best thing he directed. I mean, that's true. But like, the fact that he's like, I'll do your silly Batman movies if I can do these three movies that I really want. Also, because I'm Christopher Nolan, I'll make them the best Batman movie because I'm not going to half-ass this.
1: What were the three movies he wanted to do in order to get the Dark Knight trilogy?
0: Uh, I mean, Inception, in or- um, in uh, Interstellar and one other. Oh, the Prestige, he did the Prestige, Inception, and then um, Interstellar. He did and the Prestige the- before he did that, yeah. So they're like, uh, they're like, can you make um, the Batman movies? And he's like, yeah, but I want funding for uh, these projects, and he's like, and so basically for every movie he did, he also did an, um, one, a, a movie that he wanted to do, and they were all funded by Warner Brothers because he was doing Batman for them.
1: Okay, about Christopher Nolan, I will say this. I do
0: like the lion's share of his movies. <laughs> I like don't his, like of he's, he's a lot like Kevin Smith, where I, I find him interesting, and I find Kevin Smith very likable, and <laughs> um, but I don't like most of their movies.
1: I so I like I said I like the lion share like I like I like Memento I like The Prestige I like The Dark Knight trilogy um I like Inception um I think we're done. yes <laughs> so, I'm pretty much I, done with that too. Yeah. Interstellar kind of pisses me off because it because it is what I call a beautiful disaster and that it ha- it is directed beautifully it is acted beautifully it is it is the beautiful, like the the scenes, the images are spectacular, but the story, it, I, I'm not, we're not gonna get into it because that's not a movie on this list. So yeah. number, yeah, number seven. Where am I, Where's my list? Um, uh, let's see. Number seven, I'm gonna say is, um, official secrets. Ooh. Oh.
0: Um, I know that sorry. one. Yeah, it, it didn't come out in Australia, and I wanted to see it. Oh, it didn't. No, because it's an American, it's an American-centric nope. movie, so they just didn't release it here. It's actually a British movie. It is. Yep, who am I thinking of? I don't know. Huh. Oh, well. uh, British movie. Um, uh, official Secrets. Is,
1: here in Italy? is that you,
0: do you? Know what I'm talking about now? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um,
1: so it's about. It's based on a true story. It's it's entirely British. Um, it's based on the true story of the whistleblower who. Let it be known that um, that Tony Blair, or, or not Tony, it wasn't really Tony Blair. It was more that the U.S. was lying about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, and that Bush. That's what I Ch-
0: thought. So um, I knew about the the U.S. lying about the weapons, and I thought that that was the, and that's all I heard about it. So I thought that it was no, the. It no,
1: it's British because. It was the the London-based whistleblower who, she's a spy and she, her, as a spy, she's not like a James Bond kind of spy, she's like a information gathering kind of spy, like a real spy. You no know, a real and, spy. Right, like the, how they operate in the real world where they just gather a bunch of information and tell officials what actually, you know, what all this information means. And she um, released information to the press that, the Americans were lying about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and knew about it, and were lying to get Tony Blair to join them in the Iraq war. And she, like, once it was really once they figured out who it was, they came after her. And it's the story about that and and about how she dealt with it. And um, it's really interesting because it turns out her husband was an immigrant, and. And, of course, he's from the Middle East, so what are they going to do? They detained her husband, and they were going to deport him. And um, and he had done – he was, like, literally a heartbeat away. from. He had done everything he needed to do to get his citizenship. It was just, like, paperwork that needed to be completed for him to become a citizen. And they detained him because they found out that he was married to her, and she had released – you know, she had – it, the whole thing was the Official Secrets Act, which is what <laughs> tried for espionage, basically. Um, and so at the end of it deals with her trial. And it's a good movie. It's a very, um, it's intense. It's, it's, I guess you could call it a political thriller, but um, it's, it's telling that story. So I thought it was good. It's not a movie that everyone's going to like. It sounds like a movie but, I
0: not like, though.
1: I, I mean, maybe. Like it's got Matt Smith in has, it. It does, the, it is a, a character. <laughs> Yes. It's got massive, um, and it isn't is a it proving
0: that there's seven actors in the UK? Um, he's in it for like a second. So, sure. I mean, he's on the poster. They want to sell it as him being in it, which is very funny. Okay, so the, the
1: people who are in it the most are uh-huh. Keira Knightley, Ray Fines, and um, the guy who plays her husband, who is not really a name. Um, Reese Stephens has the most energetic performance he's probably the the, the funniest um and it's pretty much it as far as like screen time um matthew good and matt smith are both in it but they they're they're in it but they're like they're just kind of background characters they're not prominent to the story so but um, but it's a good it's a good movie
0: i can't wait to see it sounds like an oscar movie
1: you know what it could be, but I think there are other things, because there's so much, like, this one flew under the radar, and because it's a British film, that I doubt it will get Oscar buzz. Well, it, like, it might get low-key Oscar buzz, but I think movies like 1917 and Joker and stuff like that are gonna... God, if Joker gets a fucking... Because, I mean, Joker has been... the The four-year considerations have gone out for Joker, so... There are people talking Oscar buzz. Um, also, like, with 19- I'll
0: give Walking Phoenix best actor, but like, no.
1: <laughs> so you're a fan of Joker? It's your favorite. Oh yes, um, number one. we'll get to it. Number six, Spider-Man: Far From Home. All right.
0: Have you seen it? Nope. It's looked boring. Yeah. Uh, just. Uh, I don't really watch superhero movies. I only watch like big superhero movies or superhero movies like um spider-man into spider-verse but i I didn't see this one yeah but like that's how spider-man should be it's a comic book movie and it looks like a comic book and it's amazing and it's got great characters and a fantastic story and is fucking brilliantly animated but spider-man far from home did not look interesting but i haven't seen it so go nuts translation it didn't look animated no it didn't look interesting it looks boring. Well, how, did, how could Spider-Man be boring? Because we've had nine Spider-Man movies, and, and eight of them are the same movie. No,
1: we've had the MCU. This is the second one from the MCU. Yeah. You
0: Anywho, don't. I haven't even seen it. it. I might the love movie, it. The, it's the movie that was almost the last movie
1: of Spider-Man being in the MCU. Um, because of the whole debacle that happened earlier this year that Tom Holland single-handedly ended. That's how I'm yeah, going to remember that. Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm glad they came together to have one more movie because this movie ends on a cliffhanger. And it uh-huh. would really
0: suck for that to be just like, well, that's the end of Spider-Man and the MCU. Moving on. like what? I'm, I'm really glad that they got um, J.K. Simmons back to play J. Jonah Jameson. Which is funny that you know that, but you haven't seen the movie. Everyone knows that. But yeah, I saw, the, I saw his scenes. They were on uh, Marvel's YouTube channel. Or I Needs. I forget which. Um, so in the movie, he comes back to play JJ Jonah he's, he's back
1: to play J. Jonah, blah, J. Jonah Jameson, but he does it in a Breitbart kind of way, where he's this ranting and raving right wing conspiracy theorist um but he just so happens to be kind of right about certain things and the way this movie ends is pretty interesting i wish you'd seen it so that i could actually talk about it you because can talk it has- about it. again i don't care so go nuts i can't i can't discuss with you like do you think blah 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 because you didn't see it um but i think my point of all of this is that um the way the movie is played. Okay, so the the trailers made you think that like Spider Man is going to team up with Mysterio, and Mysterio's is a good guy. Well, comic I didn't book believe Man, that for a fucking second. In, in the comics, Mysterio is a bad guy. Okay, and in the movie, dun dun dun, Mysterio's is a bad guy. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> but I do like the way they did it. They did it in a very MCU way, which was to take something from the comics. And put a slight twist on it to make it more palpable for real life. So what Jones they did was exactly. They used... he's a, he's a special effects person. Well, so in the comics, he's a special effects person. He's mm-hmm. like a like yeah. a, he's a, his job is special effects, and he wants to be a magician. And then he uses these illusions to you know fight Spider-Man, basically. In the movie, he is um, he's basically like. Like you know, how in real life, Steve Jobs and Elon Musk—like they aren't actual geniuses. They just basically take the work of other people and take credit for it and become the face and the name of it. Yeah, he's the people behind the Tony Stark. So <laughs> Tony Stark comes out with
0: Brilliant.
1: Barf the um Barf? the interact.
0: Yeah, you didn't see Civil War? Okay, Why? Uh, why? Aww. That's such a dumb name. And I've seen Civil War. I You've just, seen civil okay, so you know what I'm talking about the the augmented reality glasses yeah i I know those glasses Barf is such a dumb name
1: it's the acronym anyway, so it turns out Tony Stark didn't come up with that. The actual people who created it worked for him, one of them is Gideon, Gideon is mysterio, and it turns out that after Tony Stark died, he renamed the glasses Edith, which is another acronym which stands for. Even dead, I'm still the hero, oh, which is totally, fuck off. It's totally Tony Stark. You have to admit that is 100% Tony Stark. It's a better <laughs> of, it fits him so well. It does, and I, I love that. It. It's like because in the movie, the funny thing is like the, we first see. Okay, so the very first time we see him is when he calls the whole interactive thing "barf" in Captain America: Civil War. Then the next time we see those glasses, he's wearing them in Infinity War. And um he when he taps him and talks to him, he calls it Edith. And then in in this movie, and then we see him again and um actually no, I don't no, we do. We do. We see it again in Endgame. And then in this movie, we get the name we get the he named the he named the glasses Edith long back before he thought, you know, he was gonna die, years before he died, and or yeah, years before he died, and he named them even Dead on the Hero.
0: <laughs> okay. So so that's, I, that's why I didn't see it. What, everything you're describing... Because Tony Stark's massive ego? <laughs> yes, because this movie is an Iron Man movie with Spider-Man in it, and I didn't want to see that. I wanted to see a proper Spider-Man movie. I, I Wait, why did you to, it was an
1: Iron Man movie with Spider-Man in it? That sounds like you were listening to people on the internet who said I literally,
0: that. I literally just heard you. Literally just now. It's, they're the glasses, but Tony Stark isn't in the movie at all. Yeah, but it's it sounds to me from what you have been saying right now that Tony Stark is the important one, and then Spider Man's just doing stuff for Iron Man's legacy. Tell me about Spider Man. Okay,
1: so Spider Man in this movie <clears throat> is reeling the loss of so he's reeling the loss of Tony Stark, and also everything that happened during. Remember, <laughs> this happened. This movie takes place right after Endgame, so Tony Stark is dead. Captain America is gone. Um, lots and lots of heroes died. Um, and they're all coming back to school. And it's weird because they remember there was a five-year gap, right? The five-year, uh-huh. um, they, they, got, they got dusted out of existence. They got brought back. But then there's the five-year, there, you know, five years happened in between and that five years still happened. So this movie takes place in 2024, I want to say. Do they take
0: 2020. of that? Well, here's make- what's
1: weird. Yeah. Here's what's weird. There's a student that was, he was a student, he was a student with them when they were, like, so they were like 16, right? Right. Well, back when they were 16, he was 16 too, but he didn't get dusted. So now he's 21 and he's like still with them. And I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? On- he should have graduated from high school. Like, did the world stop when everybody got dusted? Like, why is he in high school right now? It, it's weird. And they don't explain it. It's just like there's this 21-year-old man with these 16-year-old kids. Whatever. And the kid and he is trying to hook up with MJ, who is like with Spider-Man with with um I almost said Tom Holland. Ah, with Peter Parker. Um she, you know, obviously Peter Parker likes her and um he's very awkward around her and he's trying to gather up the courage to ask her out. And she's very much like, nah, whatever. Um, but then she, of course, figures out that he's Spider-Man, and <clears throat> then she helps him figure out that um, that. The- so there are supposedly these elementals that are coming in that are supposed to be coming from um, from a multiverse, like from. So Spider-Man gets brought in with Nick Fury, with air quotes Nick Fury, and he's told that you know here's Gideon, he's Mysterio. Uh, or not Gideon, I keep saying Gideon, um, Gl- um, Glenn, but they call him Mysterio. It's like Mysterio is from another universe. From the, there's a multiverse now, and um, this is Earth 616, which anybody who is a true MCU fan knows that's not true because the comics universe, the main comic universe, is Earth 616. The MCU-verse is Earth 9199999.
0: Oh seriously, <laughs> they they actually explain that it's a different universe. These aren't no. just adaptations of comic books. You have the comic books; they happen in six on six, and then yes. the MCU is slightly different, and it happened in, in that. And yeah, the so well, okay, so there in the comics, there's a multiverse, right? It's
1: kind of right. like it's the easier way to explain it because the Marvel multiverse is very it's very difficult to explain. But and um, I think Crisis on Infinite Earths. Probably explains it a little bit better from DC because they also have the multiverse, where it's like each universe has its own name, but in the MCU, each universe has its own number, and you count them by Earth because that's the planet we live on. So in both of them, both DC and and Marvel, you ca- you consider the Earth versions. So um, so the Earth in the comics, that multiverse designation is Earth six one six. The MCU version of Earth, like the real life one, supposedly, is Earth um, I think it's one nine 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 nine. It's like a bunch of nines. Okay. Um, so when he comes, when he comes and he says, I'm like, hi, you're an Earth 616, we know that he's lying because this isn't Earth 616.
0: So anyhow, um, so Oh my god, if that wasn't a- just a mistake and that was an Easter egg for him not knowing anything about the multiverse.
1: That would have been so good. it wasn't it was an easter egg um it wasn't a mistake because because like i said it was it was for us it was for the it's for people like me marvel loves me personally okay marvel loves people like me who are just big nerds that read comics and watch movies and will watch every single movie and pay attention to every every moment in every frame and know oh that meant that and this meant this and then this is the person we're gonna see next so Marvel makes movies for nerds like me, and that was a that was a nod to me of like, you know, Mysterio's a bad guy. Mysterio's a bad
0: guy. <laughs> okay. So and this here's how. Great. There was um, an interview. I don't know who who plays Mysterio. I forget his name.
1: In the movie.
0: Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Ah, Jake. man, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, when he was doing an interview after the movie came out. He uh, uh, people he did uh, like a wide autocomplete complete or something like that, and he was like, and he's like we, uh, and he answered a question being like, uh, we all w- it was pretty obvious that Mysterio was a bad guy. And he's like, yeah, to you, not to the people that only watch the movies. That was that was for them. We know that you know. We didn't try and hide it. Well, yeah, like <laughs> it, it was basically him admitting that Marvel knew that there's absolutely no way to keep. Uh, Mysterio from being a bad guy to be known to anyone who reads the comments,
1: right? Um, yeah, he it was, it was, but the thing that I like is um, you. It's a movie that is worth a rewatch because if you go back and like when you watch it the first time and you go through, um, we're in the position of Peter where we're believing his illusions. We know, like, we, even though we're comic book fans and we know he's lying, we're still seeing his illusions and believing them. And we're like, oh, well, there's a monster. Oh, well, you know, buildings are actually being knocked over and things are being, like, Peter is wet. There's water. You know, water is really happening. So, okay, there's an actual monster. And then you find out, like, it's drones and, and, you know, mocap and all that stuff. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, So it was amazing that, like, that worked. But then you're like, well, there are scenes, like... Um, there's a scene of Peter sitting on the roof. Shouldn't that have been obvious to Peter? Because Mysterio floats up to him and is talking to him like face to face. Like Mysterio's floating up and Peter's sitting on the edge of a building. And then Mysterio sits next to him and is talking to him. And I think at some point he even puts a hand on Peter or something. And it's like, wait, how is that possible? But then if you watch the movie again, the camera pans in a way that as the image of Mysterio is floating up, the uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is walking behind him, and he sits down as the mo- as, as his um, his image floats over and has a seat.
0: So then, when he touches him, he's actually physically there. This so is I selling like this is selling the movie way better than all that Tony Stark stuff. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, like I said, Tony Stark isn't in the movie. Some people do. Some, there are people who don't like the fact that Tony Stark like created another villain. <laughs> Because they're like, oh, again, you know, he's the well, reason why he the
0: that, that is an inevitable weak point of this movie that I'm going to not like. But knowing that going in uh, will help me enjoy all of the Spider-Man stuff. Which is why I like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And that's my favorite Spider-Man movie. Because it's all about Spider-Man being...
1: Well, here's, here's something. I'm going to spoil the ending for you. But it'll make you... Because to me, Spider-Man movies are not about not knowing something. Like, I can tell you the entire plot, and it might actually make you want to see it more. Okay. Because it's not like a "don't spoil it for me" kind of situation. It's about the experience. Um, like I said, like knowing that he's the bad guy, it's more fun now that you can watch it and see. Oh, he walks up behind him, and then sits down. That's why Peter was fooled because he physically touched him. So, um, so st- cool stuff like that. And then um, when he's so he sends Peter on this, uh, th- so the, the, the plot of the movie is that Peter needs to come to terms with being Spider-Man and or being Peter Parker. So yes, it is a redo of Spider-Man 2, in a way. And like, you know, do I, do I just be Peter Parker and get the girl? Or do I have a responsibility still to be Spider-Man? And in the first, the beginning of the movie, he's like, I'm not going to be Spider-Man. He doesn't take his uniform with him. But then Aunt May packs it like, She sees that he didn't take it, so she packs it. Because, by the way, the movie begins with Aunt May knowing the Spider-Man. Oh, that's Um,
0: clever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember um, that from the post credit scene. uh, Huh? I remember that from the post credit scene. She's like, what the fuck? Yeah, she's, what the... And then it cuts. Um, And this one has a a
1: similar post credit scene where he... Where this time Peter says, what the... And then it cuts. Um, So... um, So he's, his personal demons are like, he's a 16 year old kid. He just wants to date a girl and he feels like he can't do that and be Spider-Man and the kid deserves a break. He got dusted and had to deal with space aliens and he was up in a ship and he fought fucking Thanos and he lost And then he came back and lost his mentor to Thanos. Like, like they they defeated Thanos, but then he lost his mentor. And, like, he almost died multiple times. Give the kid a fucking break. Let him be a 16-year-old kid. And you get that sense through, like, that's why they they lean heavy on the the Tony Stark stuff in the beginning. Because it's reminding you, this is just a kid. He's only 16, and he's had to deal with all of that shit. And, like, he hasn't really had a chance to be a 16-year-old kid. Cause like the last like the last time he was a, had a chance to be a kid he was fifteen, and Tony Stark comes and he's like let's go to Germany and all of a sudden he's you know fighting the tri. Then he gets that little break during um, homecoming where you know for a little bit he doesn't have to be Spider Man but he chooses to be Spider Man, but then once he leans into it. Then like Civil War was just a taste but then once he leans into it then you get Infinity War then you get Endgame and now he's back to no I just want to be a kid I just want to be Peter. And um and the whole another part of this movie is or like kind of a subplot is um his spidey sense hasn't been honed yet. He is not attuned. So in all the other movies as soon as he got bitten by the spider he got the spider sense but in this one he has to develop it. So and it's funny because May calls it his PD tingle. <laughs> and he's like, it's not a Tingle. But <laughs> um, like, he's got to develop it. And um, at the very end of the movie, he does. And so, so what happens is, like, she goes to throw something at him, and it just hits him. And he was like, "What the hell?" And she's like, "Oh, I thought your Peter Tingle would like have noticed it." And he's like, "Stop going to that! <laughs>
0: so, so the I beginning love of the May. movie, Aunt May, is because crazy. she's literally
1: <laughs> all the movies she's in. Yeah. Um. And so it's it's kind of like. <laughs> It's, it's again, it's kind of harkens back to the Raimi Spider Man films where like he lose he, lo- he doesn't really lose it, but like his Spidey sense isn't tuned in because he's not 100% tuned into being Spider Man. It only works if he's in danger and it's like an of the moment thing and it's not where, you know, it doesn't work all the time, it doesn't work 100%. And it's kind of, yeah, it is kind of a retcon of like, why didn't he notice this in this movie and why didn't he notice that? It, it, it is kind of a retcon for that. But it also worked well with this plot of, like, I want to be a 16-year-old kid. 16-year-old kids don't have Spidey sense. They just they, – they date girls, you know. And so, um, so he goes through this – he goes to um, – he goes on a, a trip to Europe with his uh, class. And I think he's supposed to be there for, like, a month or, like, three weeks, something like that. And um, Nick Fury, air quotes – shows up. The reason why I'm air-quoting Nick Fury is because it's not actually Nick Fury and Maria Hill. It turns out that it's Talos and his wife from scrolls. Captain Marvel. So they're Skrulls. Yeah. And the real Nick Fury is on a Skrull ship, like vacationing. <laughs> so um, so then the question becomes, how long was Nick Fury on that Skrull ship? Was that the actual Nick Fury we saw disappear in Infinity War? Or was that somebody else?
0: I, and, I'm, I'm going to um, bet Having not seen it, I'm willing to bet that it was the real Nick Fury who got dusted. And then when he came back, it's like, okay, I got to do like another plan just in case this shit happens again.
1: Uh, so that's a good, or you mean like once a vacation, that's a good theory. Um, there's also a theory that in at the end of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when he says he's going away for a minute that's where he went. He went to the Skrull ship to vacation and the Skrull took his place. And so, which explains why the next time we see him, which is in, um, uh, Age of Ultron, he's a little bit different. Cause if you watch if you, you watch Captain Marvel, he says, when she's saying, how do I know you're you? He makes a comment about, I can't eat toast if it's cut on a diagonal. And then if you go watch, um, Age of Ultron, He's very prominently eating toast that is cut on a diagonal. So the case has been made that he says in, he says at the end of, of uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, if anybody's looking for me, I can be found right here. And he takes off. He says, and there, uh, Cap says, where are you going? And he's like, I'm going away for a bit. And so the case can be made that all, all of Nick Fury that we've seen since Winter Soldier was Talos. Okay and then it was actually uh, Taylor that was dusted, and it would make sense that he's the one who called uh, who called Captain Marvel because Taylor, Taylor knows Captain Marvel too, so okay. anyway, back to spider man um so he has to go on this journey of you know rectifying you know being both spider man and uh, a 16 year old boy and he gets both he gets the girl and he gets to be spider man and um the cool thing is mysterio sends him through. <coughs> Excuse me. He sends them through a maze of illusions, and all kinds of things are in the illusions. So what's weird is you see the graves of the people who've come before. So you see like Captain America. Um, you don't see Captain America. You see these big monuments, but if you look close, you'll realize that the big monument is like it looks like just stones behind them. But if you like freeze the frame, you can realize you're actually looking at Black Widow in stone form, in like mountain form. You're looking at Tony Stark's helmet in mountain form. You're looking at Cap's shield in mountain form. So um, he sends him through all these illusions. And again, even though they're illusions, they're actual drones trying to kill him. So during this illusion fest, he's got to hone his skills. And it's kind of a callback to um, Homecoming. When Remember when he was underwater and he's like half Peter, half Spider-Man, and he's, there's no help. He's got to get himself out of it. It's a callback to that. Only it's uh, way more dangerous because there are drones trying to kill him. Um, and then he gets out of that, and he ends up fighting Mysterio. And the thing about Mysterio, the big thing, the big question is: is Mysterio dead? And I say no. So what happens is he ends up in this like um, corridor, right? He's in this like this like over. It's kind of like a like a, a walkway over a bridge. And um, Mysterio's got all these drones inside of there, and all these delusion, all these illusions are going on. And there was an illusion where Mysterio got shot at, by a drone. And Peter goes to, you know, walks up to him to talk to him. And then he realizes at the last second that it's an illusion. And he moves his head and grabs a gun with his hand with, on his right hand. So Mysterio looks like he's on the ground about to die because he supposedly got shot by a drone. But in real life, he was standing next to Peter with the gun next to his head and he's about to kill him. And so Peter at the last second grabs the gun. So his spidey sense kicked in just in time to save his life. And he grabs the gun and, um, and I think he just grabs a good, He grabs a gun and kicks him and, um, Mysterio goes down and then Peter grabs the glasses. He reaches over, grabs the glasses, puts Edith on, doesn't have to go through anything to get the controls back. He just like get, takes control again. And then he says, is this an illusion? Or he's, he like, he stops all the drones, and then he says, is this an illusion? Because it looks like Mysterio dies. And Edith says, all illusions are, are – um, she says, all drones are down. Some, like, Yeah, she says something like, all drones are down or all illusions are off, something like that. So then he looks, and it looks like Mysterio is dead, and he runs away. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa he's <laughs> There's not- absolutely no he way he's dead. But- he's dead. Exactly. I was like, because the, the, if you think about it, him being shot was an illusion which means he was perfectly fine. He was standing there about to shoot you. Nothing was wrong with him. All you did was kick him. You didn't kill him. You just knocked him down. He faked
0: his death. Especially since he's basically... He's you see, that seems very obvious to me, having not seen and it. Well, that to me too, but so many people are
1: like, oh, Mysterio did this from Beyond the Grave. I'm like, what do you mean Beyond the Grave? He's not dead. He, he never got shot. He literally just got kicked by him, but not like hard enough to die. He just like got kicked and knocked the, down.
0: Uh, was I it. saw the, the video of uh, Mysterio being like, Spider Man wants to kill me. Holy shit, he's there. And then he ends up dying at the end. I'm like, come on. Obviously, it's not real. Exactly. He's going he's gonna to come back in the next Spider Man movie with the Sinister Six. He's probably going to be well, there so, okay, so
1: Here's the thing. So after that, he runs and he runs to <laughs> um, where MJ and Happy are because they were, they were like drones trying to kill them and everything. Um, so he stopped the drones. He runs to them, you know, gets his MJ kiss. Movie ends, and then the post-credit scene. He's swinging MJ throughout New York City, and she's like, "Yeah, don't, don't ever do that with me again." And then that's very funny. The yeah, and then the scene that you saw happens where J Jonah Jameson is like, "Oh, Spider-Man is Peter Parker," and um, and you know, he comes and you see Mysterio saying into the camera like, "Spider-Man is Peter Parker," and then tells everybody, and then Peter's like, "Oh shit." well and then like you said it looks like he dies again again what does he die of oh no actually actually what they do is they show um he had redone the footage to make it look like peter killed him to make it look like peter shot him like to make it look like peter had him shot because what peter said was um he says deactivate all drones and they played it to make it say like he says activate drones and then they replayed the part where he got
0: shot by the drone but it was an illusion. I mean, this is so obvious like that he he's learned. not dead. Right. How can people, so he's dead plus, plus, it's the MCU. People come back from the dead all the time. This is also true, uh, but it, to me, he just never died. He just no, there was. Uh, not died. seen it? It's pretty obvious that the guy that's trying to frame Peter for his murder isn't dead. He here's what's going to happen. I predicted this for the for their final Spider-Man movie before they end the contract. Sinister Six. Mysterio is the leader. Vulture's there, and we have other villains. Probably Shocker, because we saw Shocker there as well. He's working with <laughs> Vulture, I think. Uh, um, I just- it'll
1: be yeah, it'll be Sinister Six. It'll be Mysterio. Um, I don't know that Vulture will be there because Vulture kind of wants to leave leave him alone. But it'll be Scorpio and uh, what's his name? But um, maybe Shocker? Shocker. But it'll be. Um, yeah, maybe Shocker, but it'll definitely be the Green Goblin. It'll be the MCU introduction of the Green Goblin. I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, um, so to me, it's a it's a good film, and we spent way too much time talking about so my number six much film. Time. So, number five.
0: Yeah, you number five. Okay, my number five is uh okay. So you said that the main purpose of a comedy is to make you laugh, and That's I have not laughed. I have not laughed harder and more frequently and so much often than in the new Invader Zim movie that came out. Uh, so Invader Zim was my favourite cartoon uh, from the early 2000s. It's so fucking good. And it's hilarious. In Zim, Zim is this little alien who uh, and the, the their entire uh, political structure is these two are in charge because they're the tallest ones and they're called the almighty tallest. And it's so fucking funny and everyone hates Zim cause he's an idiot. So they send him to like these random coordinates and it's like invade a planet that's like way over here, way there, all right? Invade that planet for us. And so, and they think that there's a no planet but it turns out it's earth and that's great. And so the entire show is him trying to take over the world, and this little mad scientist goth kid uh, and his little sister called uh, called Dib. Uh, Dib is this little nerdy uh, goth kid who wants to be a scientist, and it's all like uh, it's all sci-fi and gross and hilarious. <coughs> and and um, their plan is to move in a straight line, and if your planet is in the middle of their straight line. Uh, they'll destroy your planet to just keep going in a straight line. It's funny as fuck, uh, and uh, it's the it's so fucking funny. And there's tons of jokes, and it's it's like and it's childish humor as well, but also like really 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 funny. Uh, like he spent like the reason that Zim it's 2019 and this ended and the show ended in 2004, so he's been so. They're like, where have you been for the past fifteen years? And it turns out that Zim was just hiding in a toilet to drive Dib mad. It's uh, it's, it's the funniest <laughs> shit ever. I love it, and it's it's called Invaders in Enter the Florpus. So you know they're not taking themselves seriously. Okay. It's but like it doesn't make any sense at all. Like if you try and think about this logically, your brain will explode. And you, who likes a uh, story, will be like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But, like, it knows it, and it's really fucking funny. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I love it. But we're also running out of time. Um, okay. My number four is Avengers Endgame. Blast for me. I love, well, no. I love, Aven- I knew, I knew it'd be your number one. I knew it. Moment I saw it, I don't know for sure. But I don't know, know- anything. Yeah, but, like, What are yeah. you thinking about? Anyway, it's number four. I want to skip over it because I'm going to save it for you. You're mm-hmm. assuming it's going to be my number one. I am definitely assuming that. I might be wrong. It might be not be on your list because you hate it so much. Shut up. <laughs> okay, next <laughs> one. Uh, so skipping the Avengers Endgame, which is the third best MCU movie, uh, I'm going... There's a movie that came out, I think... It's Wait, I just want to qualify this with, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about because he hasn't seen all of the MCU movies. Go on. All right, that's fair enough. Um, so on Netflix, there's a movie that came out like in and no one has seen it. Not even my favorite critics have seen it. No one's seen this fucking movie because it's on Netflix and Netflix hates me. Netflix is like, hey, you know this movie that you're definitely going to like, we're not going to show it to you. You're going to have to hunt this shit down. you don't have to go deep. Uh, it's called... Uh, Elisa and Marcella, right? And it's about the the first gay marriage ever. Okay. Um, it's in 1901, and um, these two girls meet, right? These two women meet, and uh, the first half of the movie is just the fun, adorable courtship. It's it's very cute. Uh, you fall, I fall, fell in love with these characters. They're great. And there's like, they have, like, they experiment with sex. And it's really interesting. They have sex and they use a, an octopus as a prop. And I'm like, that's interesting, I guess. It's just, okay. it's, it's really strange. Um, the, but it's basically these two love each other a lot. And they want to get married. And it's 1901. Um, What country? I don't know. Uh, It's Spanish. So it's Spain. It's it's set in Spain. And um, it's based on a true story of these two that wanted to get married. So one of them uh, dresses up like a man and goes to uh, this church and gets married Uh, there because the guy is an idiot, and and the moment and then they do that, and the moment that they go, um, that they get back to town, they're like that motherfucker is not a man. That is clearly some that is clearly a woman in a suit, and so they get arrested, and they they're in another country, and it's like if they exile them, then they'll be arrested for like twenty years, and so it's about the and it's really fucking good, and these two are amazing, and it's uh, very dramatic, and it's all in Spanish, and it's um, <laughs> and it's it's great. It's basically, you know everything that you think I like? That's this movie. Okay. That's, <laughs> um, that's fair. And the reason that it's the first gay marriage, at least, like, when that shit was illegal, uh, is because uh, it was never annulled, because if they did it, then they if they got Arrested, then they would have annulled the wedding and then uh had them be arrested, but they ran away like heroes um okay. to avoid getting arrested, so they were never arrested, and they um basically were legally married technically for the rest of their lives okay, cool yeah, and by hey. the time they came back in like when they were like eighty or something uh it was the nineteen eighties so no one bothered. Alright, so what's your next movie? Kind to love that movie. My next movie, number two movie of the year, is a documentary called Hail Satan. Okay. This movie's Wait, phenomenal. You saw that movie.
1: Yeah, you had me see that movie.
0: Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was. I'm the biggest fan of documentaries, but it me was good. Neither. I liked it. Me neither, but the, most documentaries have a people talking and Uh, you give a shit because you like the subject matter, but the way this is presented uh, is very, very interesting. And also the subject matter is amazing. So Hail Satan is about Satanists. And the premise is, is, uh, it criticizes religion and it criticizes Christianity mainly um, for Christians wanting superiority not religious freedom because if they cared about religious freedom they wouldn't just care about Christians they care about everybody
1: yeah. it showcases the hypocrisy of the um, of the pretty much the the ruling class religion in the United States um, and it's interesting because until I saw that movie I thought satanist actually like they were actually Satanists. It turns out they're just atheists that use Satan as basically to troll the Judeo-Christian people of Western religions. And what I
0: like about it is they also criticize atheists for not standing for anything. And what, what this movie is asking is, can you have a religion if you don't believe in a god? And it's, can you stand for a symbol more than... Believing in an actual God and it shows hypocrisy and all of this stuff that is amazing. And uh, it's great. It made me want to be a Satanist for the entire runtime. And then I step back and I'm like, I can't commit to anything. I'm fine. I'm just going to stand here and be snarky. Speaking of can't commit to
1: anything, if people only knew how many damn times you changed what your list was going to be for
0: this podcast yeah so basically i wanted to do best of decade what's the decade etc and then i realized that we're, we're just going to do the year and by realized i mean that jackie said just do the year we'll do the other Perhaps ones later because literally five minutes before we were gonna record he's like okay so you
1: do this and then i'll do it like he keeps changing it and i'm like look, look you we said that, you
0: didn't, would- a, you, said the that you didn't have you
1: didn't have the best list that's um, true, but I never do my homework until
0: it's time for me to do it. You should know this by now. Hmm. True. Anyway, Harry's eh. Satan is great. Um, it's the best documentary I've seen in years. Uh, I love it cool. a lot. Okay, so what is your number one movie?
1: It's probably a cartoon.
0: What is it? My number one movie is. Uh, it is from India. Uh, oh, is it? is you you're a, you're a, oh fuck me uh it's uh u y a r e oh, i love it <laughs> you oh, fuck me uh i don't know how to pronounce it yure uh, i don't know it doesn't matter <laughs> uh so this woman wants to be a pilot and i think when i sit down to watch this movie oh, that's cool. She's a woman, wants to be a pilot. She's in India. I get it. It's probably going to be heartwarming, uplifting story. And, you know, it sort of is, but not really, because it's also about like overcoming um, abuse, and it's about about overcoming any obstacle that's in your way. And holy shit, are there a lot of obstacles? Because we see her when she's 8 or 12 or whatever, when she's a little kid, and she's on a plane and she's like i'm gonna be pilot this is gonna be great uh, and we see her flying and then uh she wants to be a pilot and then she goes to pilot training and gets her pilot license and i'm like that's great how long have we got left oh no an hour what happens and what happened was that she's in an abusive relationship with this asshole and then she has to and then she breaks up with him and uh, India has uh, a series of acid attacks. So he throws acid in her face, which is fucked. Uh, yep. and, and so she's uh, blinded. And so she loses her pilot's license. And also she's disfigured. And so, but she, and she's like, I don't know. Can you get me a job working on a plane? And this guy is like, and she's like joking because she is ashamed of, what she looks like because half her face is melted off. It's fucked. That guy's an asshole. And it's, it's fantastic. He gets a, her job at, uh, on a plane and the entire framing device is this plane is about to, is like there, there's been an accident where the, both the pilots are, um, the pilot and the co-pilot have been poisoned or something. They're both too sick, uh, to fly it. And, they they do the classic. Is there a pilot on board? And she goes and steps in, and the entire frame device is about her becoming a pilot, getting an nice ass attack, and then uh, the, the ground control is like, "Wait, so you're saying that the the person flying the plane is half blind? Are you insane?" <laughs> uh, it's great, uh, and um, and everything that she over every um, attack or everything that she has to deal with, she overcomes through positivity and having a strong support system. And even though she loses her job as a pilot, uh, and she's also, you, you get a sense that there's hope for her because, she, because of the support system that's all around her. It's very hopeful for something that, like, has an acid attack and her losing her job. But mainly an acid attack, which is all kinds of fucked. All righty. I love this movie a lot. It's very positive. It's got a great story and good characters. And and, and no one's talking about it because it's from India. Mm, I don't know if anyone's no talking about it because it's from India. Well, people no only talk about, about it, American movies. No, um, Bollywood
1: is a pretty big thing, but this is not a Bollywood movie. This It's from India, but it's not a typical Bollywood
0: movie. That's why people aren't talking about it. It's not a Bollywood movie at all. So this flew completely under the radar. Like. Yeah. I. Yes. I know about it because I hunt these this shit down. But it's on yes, Netflix. Yes, you do. It's on Netflix. I make sure that I hunt movies like this down because of the times when it works, and I love it like I do with this.
1: Yeah, you are a you were a odd movie hunter. Uh huh.
0: Okay, so um,
1: <clears throat> moving into my, I'm gonna just quickly go through my <laughs> top five. Number five, Captain Marvel. I liked it. Really? It was good. Saw it like three times. Well, I saw it. I saw it once. So okay. So here's the thing with Captain Marvel. I when it comes to the MCU, I don't want to hear anything going in. So I will like plug my ears and go. No, 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 I can't hear you. If I if anything comes out about any kind of upcoming Marvel movie, I usually don't watch trailers. I don't like. I don't want to know anything. I just want to go into a blind. So I went in trailer blind. That's what I call it to captain marvel i didn't hear any of the controversy i anytime somebody said captain marvel brie larson was like don't tell me so i watched the movie and i was like
0: we we got into why um i didn't like brie larson it turns out i just don't like her style of humor which is sort of negging um yeah and it it came across as more more aggressive than it probably should have and there's there was all this discourse around it it's like the ghostbusters uh discourse and i just avoided it because i didn't like everything around it
1: right but see i i missed all of that i just went to the movie without knowing anything about it like without even knowing anything about the movie i knew about the character obviously um and then and i liked it i thought it was a pretty good um a pretty good origin story and then i decided to watch everybody's reviews about it and i did something interesting so because i didn't watch any of the hype about it I went back and watched the hype and then I watched the reviews and I noticed that all of the reviews were mirroring what they said in the hype. They were like in the, they would look at the trailer and be like, Oh, she doesn't have any personality. Oh, she's just doing this. da da, da, da. And then the reviews were saying the exact same thing. And I'm like, but if you watch a movie, there's a reason why she doesn't have personality. She's intentionally not supposed to have personality because a hundred times they say you're too emotional you gotta dial it back. You're just supposed, like, Kree soldiers aren't emotional, and they've tried to drill her humanity out of her. And she it's gets like, it, back, um, starts to get it back at the end of the movie because she real, like she learns that she's human, and she kind of has, like, a buddy cop kind of thing with Nick Fury, and that's when her humanity kind of starts coming through, and she doesn't have any Kree soldiers stating over her saying, don't be emotional. And then you find out why they didn't want her to be emotional, because it turns out that She actually was powerful enough to, you know, if she tapped into her emotions, she could actually override the inhibitor chip that they were using. They made it seem like the inhibitor chip was, they put an inhibitor chip on her. They made it seem like the inhibitor chip was granting her powers. So she thought that she only had power due to this chip that was on her. But it turns out, no, the chip is actually inhibiting her powers and she was way stronger than she ever thought. And so I like that. Um, and I thought it was really good and all of the reviews that I saw that didn't like it were saying things they were saying the exact same thing that they didn't like from the trailer which was actually answered if you watched the movie so I sure. think this is a framing thing people had a fra- a mindset going into it that they weren't going to like it and when they came out they, just, they still didn't like it because they like they went in with the I'm not going to like this movie because of these reasons and they came out not liking the movie because of those reasons despite what the movie said like, despite what happened in the movie.
0: It's, um, it's interesting, uh, from what you said, it reminds me of Hunger Games. In Hunger Games, Katniss Everdeen doesn't have, uh, doesn't show emotion a lot. Um, no, it's not like Hunger Games is the and... one. But because she has to repress her emotions, trained herself to not sh- have emotions. At least in the first one, in the, no. in the other movies, they changed it so that she'd be more emotional. Um, okay, so in the,
1: with the Hunger Games, it's different um, because in the Hunger Games, she doesn't have emotion in the beginning, not because she's trained herself to not have emotions, but because she's a blank slate. In the book, she's supposed to be the character that every, the book is through her perspective, right? So she doesn't mm-hmm. have emotion because they want you to have the emotions. They want they, she's like the Keanu Reeves character. Okay, she's the stand-in for you, so she no, doesn't have emotion. In-
0: in the, book, feel the in, the, in the book it was explained that um that she's trained herself not to feel emotions because you know her friends keep dying and so she it, needed it, to train herself to not have emotions it, a a little bit. in the
1: book what really happens is in the book she's she starts out jaded because she doesn't really like she doesn't really experience the the full loss that the capital can bring until the third book um, but in the first book, she's just jaded by living in that situation, and she what she says is that she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to open herself up to emotions and like think of things like a relationship because she's not living in a normal time. She's living in a dystopian future, and she's like, why the hell would I become attached to people because they could just get reaped and die? Yeah. And so so it's a different kind of it's not the same situation. In Captain Marvel, she has amnesia, so she has no idea who she is. And when she wakes up, they have put an inhibitor chip on her and they are training her not to be emotional. So any natural emotion she could she could um, express, they immediately try to suppress it. And the reason why they do that is because they know that she is powerful. They're afraid that if she becomes emotional, that it will trigger memories. And if she remembers who she is, she'll realize she's more powerful and that this is just an inhibitor chip and that she can easily discard it and be even more powerful, which is what eventually happens. Um, but that's... So it, it's she's, she's forced to be unemotional. So it's not the same thing. Okay, okay. so... Um, so that was Captain Marvel. Um, number four, ready or not.
0: Oh my I God, saw I this, this movie so badly. What? I want to see this movie so badly. I know everything about it, so you can spoil it to your heart's content. But I, the more I hear about this, I'm like, yes, I need to see it. <laughs> it's Well, just like with Isn't It Romantic, both of these movies are
1: on the list because they stick the landing. Um, it is a comedy thriller, I guess you could say, or com- – I don't, I don't want to call it a horror movie. I guess comedy thriller. It's a, or comedy it's
0: horror. A comedy, I'd call it a comedy thriller from what I've heard. So here's what I know yes. about it. Okay. Here's what I know about. I read about this. I'm very excited to watch it. Uh, it was in cinemas for like a week and a half. Um, so uh, it's still It's still in theaters. It's been on theaters for like three, four months. God, I, I want to see this movie. Uh, so, ready or not. Uh, so basically, they hunt the poor because they're afraid of losing their money and they sold their soul to the devil. And no, one, no one actually knows if they sold their soul to the devil, but they can't break tradition because if they do, then they might lose their money. So they have to hunt the poor, right? They don't hunt the poor. They hunt. The, so,
1: okay. The tradition is when there's this stupid rich family. And when you marry into the family, you have to play a game. The game is chosen by this random card. You pull it when you get married on your wedding night. There's a ceremony where everybody goes into the circle and uh, into this room. They go through the ceremony and they pull a card. And whatever card it is, that card, you have to play that game. And there's one card that you really, really, really hope don't, doesn't get played. Because if you play the game ready or not, they have to kill you. They have to kill you before the sun comes up. And um, so it's not necessarily hunting the poor. It's they. If you pull the card of ready or not, you have to hide within the house. And of course, you don't know what's going on. You're an unsuspecting victim. You think I just married into this family. Like, okay, I'll play a game. Like, what are we gonna play? Parcheesi, Monopoly. Ho, ho, ho. No. If you pull, if you draw the card ready or not, it's it's the child's game of hide and seek. Only if they find if they find you, they kill you. And they don't kill you, like, shoot you right then. They have to, they, they capture you and perform a ritual murder and offer you up to the Dark Lord. And But they don't say that. Like, in the movie, they just say, like, this guy, like, he has a name, like, Mr. So-and-so. And you have to give him, it says Mr. So-and-so. And, um, and they're very crazy about this game. And they accidentally kill their servants trying to find her. Because they they get, like, gun-shy and, like, they find somebody and, like, shoot somebody and, I'm like, oh, that's not her. And so then they accidentally kill each other and stuff. And then they get all pissed off, like, we got to kill this bitch. And um, and she's – turns out she's very resilient and she's really good at hiding. And the twist in the movie is her husband in the beginning – so it, it, the very beginning of the movie is the last time they had to play this game, which was when the aunt got married and they had to hunt her husband. And, um, they, and the little boy – Sees him. He's like eight years old, and he sees him. And the the man like realizes it's into the game. So he realizes they're trying to kill him, and he's like trying to get the little boy to shush. And um, and the little boy goes, he's in here, and he like points it out. And um, and then they go and kill him. And so then you go through um, you know, you go through the the movie, and the husband is like the husband tried to talk her out of marrying him to save her because he was afraid that that was going to happen. And, um, and then he was, they, they get to the, to the ritual and he doesn't tell her anything, but he's just really, really hoping that she doesn't pull that card. She pulls that card and he's just like, he tries to, he's like, okay, wait, you know, just, I got to get you out of here. So he tries to get her out of the house and she's like, what? Is, you know, what's wrong? It's just a game of hide and seek. And he's like, no, you don't understand. He's like, you got to get up. And Nobody tells the person, like, the, the, the married person, the person he marries in, that it's for, you know, they're going to kill you. They just tell you it's a game of hide and seek. And you're thinking, okay, a bunch of grown-ass adults are going to play hide and seek. And you're partly thinking like her, because we go through the movie with her, like, okay, I'm sick of playing this game. Like, am I really going to play this game until the sun comes up? Because it starts at, like, midnight. And you have to play it till like, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. And you're like, am I really going to play this game this damn long? And so, like her, you're like, what happens if I just come out? Like, whatever. And then she goes to come out, and she sees that they have weapons. And then she finds out that they're trying to kill her. And they're little boys. there's like, there's a, ne- a nephew. And he tries to kill her, and she ends up act- – you know, she doesn't try to kill him, but she ends up – he ends up dead. She doesn't kill him, but he ends up dead. and um, And then this whole chase goes through. And the twist is that her husband, who in the beginning, is trying to get her out of the house. And, and the butler, who you think is just a butler, is actually helping. And he's trying to catch her. And um, and the twist is that the husband changes. And he tried to save her, tried to get her out of the house, tried to... And he's like, I don't care what happens to us. Because later on, you find that... Because um, the whole family is like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know you're one of us. And he's like, no, I'm not. This is twisted, blah, blah, blah. and um. And his mom was like, stop this, you know what happens if we don't kill her. And then, and you're like, whatever, you know, cause they never tell you what happens. And he's just like, oh, it's a myth. And
0: I then it, they get- I I, I this what? sounds amazing. It reminds me of Tucker and Dale versus evil, where, the, where they, they're in the middle of a slasher movie and, they, and the bad guy, and, but like the, she's not actually trying to kill them, but they end up killing each other. Uh I like she does end up
1: killing people. She ends I think she kills the um she kills the butler and she kills the mother and she kills she kills a, a bunch of people because towards the end when she realizes they are really trying to kill her, because they've tried several times and she manages to escape, and then when the little kid tries to kill her, that's when she's like, Okay, this is fucked. And um and she ends up crawling through shit. It's just it's oh and she has like the worst night and There's course,
0: actually no way this even, marriage is gonna last.
1: Oh no, it doesn't last because literally everybody dies. Um uh,
0: we're getting a divorce. No, there's
1: no divorce. He dies. Um,
0: I know, but at like the, en-
1: Yeah. So at the, what happens is at the end of the movie, um, the sun comes up and they haven't killed her. And um and she they find her and they try to they, they find her and they like try to kill her and they were like, No, it has to be ritualistic. And the mom was or, um at first the mom was just like fucking kill her already. And then um, she ends up killing the mom. And then the uh, the great the aunt the great aunt um, was like, just kill her already. And um, then the sun comes up. And then Mister whoever his name is, like his ghost kind of appears at the table. And then you realize that he's the devil. <laughs> and essentially, they're vampires because they have to get they have to you know find blood. And they all explode like when the sun comes up. One by one, they explode, even the little kids, all of them, and only she lives, and the house burns on fire, and she ends up, she's the only person in the whole movie that survives, and she ends up on the porch, and she's like, fuck this family, and the, the thing <laughs> that you realize in that moment is that they never signed a prenup, and all of them are dead. She's a billionaire now. That's great. Um, so it's a oh, more so violent she, version of Knives <laughs> Out um yeah except i didn't think nines out was all that great but you know okay whatever go ahead.
0: it's not on my worst list i will give you that it's not on my worst list it's not on my worst but, list either. i like nines out it's just not good enough to be on my best list um what i said
1: it's just good enough to not be on my worst list
0: uh yeah Okay, so um, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'll watch it later. What's next? Jojo Rabbit is number three for me. Oh my God fucking hell! I need to see this movie. I got myself cats not, instead of Jojo Rabbit. I'm so angry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you anything about it. I'm just going to say that it's
1: good. It's it's a good movie, but it's not necessarily uplifting. But it kind of is in a way. And that's all I'm gonna say about it. Moving on, number two. Is yes. Last Christmas. Last, Last Christmas, Christmas is not a great movie.
0: movie.
1: A lot of people. Didn't like it, but I liked it because I thought it was sweet and endearing, and it was an uplifting movie. I saw Last Christmas, and then I saw Jojo Rabbit, and I remember thinking, if I'm going to rewatch any one of these movies, it's going to be Last Christmas. Because Last Christmas is basically about a woman who is an asshole who ends up being redeemed, but not in a, not in a, <laughs> in a Christmas kind of way in a wham kind of way because there's a lot of george michael music basically every song is a george michael song and if you don't like the song last christmas don't go see this movie because the song plays about 10 times and that's not an exaggeration oh. it only plays, that sounds infuriating it plays,
0: even for a song that i do
1: like well well yeah it's but it, it's like a different version each time because like in the beginning it plays and then you hear a choir play it and then your choir sing it and then she sings it as an adult and then you hear the actual song at the end and it's sprinkled throughout. So it's not like you don't hear the exact same version and it's just it's different times, but you yeah, there's like tons of George Michael songs. And it's basically if you were to take the mo- if you were to take the song of Last Christmas, but give it a different meaning and make it a movie, that's the movie. And is it the best movie? No, but this isn't the best movies, these are our favorite, and that's, so that's my second favorite. And my number one movie. You think you know me. You assume uh-huh. it's Avengers Endgame. Uh-huh. And you're right. Avengers Endgame. Yeah! Duh! Come on! Who the fuck else is it? I Come on. That would be like... Like, I don't even know what that would be like. Obviously, it was Avengers Endgame. Duh! I, like, it, like, what? Who else? Obviously. So, um, yeah. I, part of me is like, man, I kind of wish that I wasn't so obvious and that, like, I had something... To throw out of, to throw from left field and be like, no, Avengers Endgame is number two. No, no other movie came close. And I really wanted other movies to be good, just so I didn't seem like the Disney sellout that I am. Because, (laughs) embrace it. (laughs) Because Because it's true. Because this movie, like I said earlier, it was, to me, it's not a movie, it's an experience. And mainly, I find it an experience probably because I literally sat in a movie theater for three days, binging every single MCU film up to, you know, <laughs> right up to end game. And you would think that I'd be tired and, and just desolate at the end. And at the end, my eyes had never been more open. And I was like, <laughs> bring it. Made that it. Into my veins. And I loved <laughs> every moment. It it's was so fucking good. It I- was. It's so, it's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I understand that it is not for everybody. This movie, unlike Star Wars, they, did the, they pulled an opposite of Star Wars. Star Wars were like, we're going to try to do something different. We're, fuck the fans. We don't get, With The Last Jedi, they were like, we don't give a shit about the fans. I want to do the movie the way I want to do it. And then Rise of Skywalker, they were like, okay, sorry that we had that little fuck up, but now I kind of have to patch it up and then hear, hopefully you don't hate us. Love you. That's what Rise of Skywalker was. Endgame, we shamelessly, saying, right? it, it was, Endgame was shamelessly like, Jackie. You, you personally, you've seen all 21 prior movies. You've read comics. You are an MCU fan. Enjoy. And I uh, did.
0: It's fucking it's like Endgame. Do you know how many times I've seen this movie? It's, it's I'm, insane. I'm guessing a lot. but Once or twice? I, hundreds, I love it. Maybe. I love how much it's you love Endgame. I love Endgame. I've seen it literally once, and you've seen it 54 times. It's. I have no idea how many times I've seen but it's a lot. It's I want to. I want to. Um. I want to read this. Um, okay. The definition of pretentious is attempting to impress by affecting greater importance uh, or merits uh, that is actually possessed. That doesn't sound like Avengers Endgame, but it totally is no. because because it's using the rest of the MCU and it's like, hey, look. Everyone that's using the rest of the MCU, look at look at all these movies. We are putting them all together and everything. You want you wanted like ten movies ago to see uh, Captain America, Youth saw Summer, boom, it's here. You wanted uh, Peggy and Captain America to get together, boom, it's here. We got we got Captain America's ass. We got Iron Man. We got we got time travel. We got we got us going to the other movies and being like, hey, we're here. We have jokes that only people that saw Thor The Dark World would get. Who's seen Thor The Dark World? You probably have, because you're watching us. Let's do it. (laughs) I love it. Um, I love this movie so fucking much.
1: This movie actually made... There were movies in the MCU that I did... Believe it or not, believe it or not, the MCU show that I am, there are two movies in the MCU that I did not like at all. And after watching this movie... Yeah, I like him a little more. I can't. I, can't, I don't hate them. I don't hate. I do. It did because what happened? Like this movie called everything back. This movie was the glue that it just it fixed everything. Everything is good now. Everything's awesome. Everything is, everything awesome. is awesome. I'm totally buying the Infinity War. The Infinity Saga. <laughs> Once I'm a millionaire, it's like four thousand dollars. I don't know, but anyway, like <laughs> still as I have the money. I'm getting the Infinity Saga. It doesn't matter that I already have all the movies on Blu-ray. That means nothing. The fact is, I need the Saga because it oh, is true man. happiness. Okay, it is true happiness. Fucking, I he, fucking millionaire. He, he gets in and then he calls the light. Oh my god, dude! When I saw this movie, I had when I when it was over, I felt like I'd gone on vacation. And it was like, now you have to go to the real world. And I was like, no, make it stop. I want to go back. I want to go back. Don't make me go to my life. Don't make me get out of this theater right now. I did not want to leave the theater. Oh, I love this movie so much. And then, because here's the thing, like it is shamelessly a fan movie for MCU fans. It is exclusively. It doesn't give a shit if you're one of those people. If you're a snob that's like, ugh, Marvel movies, ugh,
0: superhero, then don't fucking watch it. It's not for you. It's for me. It's, it's for me literally okay. it requires the the pretense of seeing all the other movies, and it deserves it because these are like billion-dollar movies. Black Panther made a billion, a billion dollars, they deserve to have one that's like, hey, you have seen all of these movies. This is any you've seen Infinity War and you've seen uh Endgame, but you've also seen every single movie we're going to call back we got callbacks to callbacks
1: yes and um like even thor the dark world is like it goes back to thor the dark world which is a movie that everybody was like eh,
0: yeah like it's, it, def- it, it's on it everybody's has bottom writers, list of the MCU. yeah the writers of thor the dark world um also helped write this i don't know if they were exclusively it, well, that's what they did the for all of it yeah for all of yeah. it so Although, in fact, the
1: reason why these team ups work so well in the MCU is because, unlike <clears throat> Star Wars, uh, when they go back to when they have characters from other films, like for example, James Gunn, even though he got fired for a little bit from doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and Infinity War and Endgame, he's the one who wrote and partially, like he, he executive produced and he wrote the lines for his characters. So even though you have these main. You have the, you know, you have the main plot when it comes down to the actual what characters would say, the reason why they sound like the characters, who they are, even though you have throughout these 22 movies in the MCU now, you've had several different directors and you've had so many different writers. But when it comes time to writing Captain America, the same guy who wrote him in the first movie is the guy who wrote him in the second movie, and he wrote him in Avengers, and he wrote him in – you see what I mean? Like it's the same – he sounds the same because the people who wrote his dialogue come back and coach the writers on this is – these are the words – this is how he would word that. And it's the same thing for Guardians of the Galaxy. The reason why they sound like the Guardians of the Galaxy is because James Gunn came back and helped them write their lines. So basically these writers like they have the script and they go okay we want the guardians in this scene we want them to do and say this and then you bring in James Gunn and he's like okay well he rocket would say it like this group would say I am group and then you know th- then you put in you plug in exactly how they would say what they would say like what they would say and and how they would say it and so it's a collaborative effort for all of the things that came before it's so, so genius it's the way that like, they folded everything in it's, it is. And had Star Wars done that, like, think about it. This is 22 freaking films. Well, I think technically, um, far from home is 22. So it was just talking end game. It's 21 movies and they were able to be more cohesive and concise with an overarching narrative for 21 films. than the Star Wars sequels were for three. You had, you had six movies that came before wow. it and you couldn't get three. Yeah. Like seriously. But, but MCU was able to just kind of piece this together and make it work, make all the puzzle pieces fit to make a beautiful picture that is Endgame. And it worked. And it worked. And it deserves to be the number one movie of all time because I gave so much of my money.
0: <laughs> it worked. So much. You, you, you spent so much tickets and uh, now you have Disney Plus and you just have it on loop. You're watching it right now. I'm not. My, move, my TV isn't on. I'm not on <laughs> you want well, to be that. I, I will
1: say that when I first got Disney Plus, and when I saw that Endgame was already on there, I was like, "It's gonna be the first movie I watch on Disney Plus." So I watched The Mandalorian, but I refused, and I even watched the X Men cartoon, like from the nineties. But I refused oh, no. to watch any movie before I watched Endgame, and because it's Endgame. Follow us on all the things: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. One of us will be
0: there. Which one? It's a mystery. Links in the description. Until next time, goodbye. Peace.